Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, now open in Dundalk, beside the Dundalk Retail Park. The nearly new sale is now on at Blackstone Motors Dundalk. Here we are, halfway point, lose weight and feel great 2019. Three weeks gone and first man up on the scales this evening will be Donald Waters. But let's have a chat with Anne-Marie Stewart. Full of confidence, you're really certain this man is going in the right direction again tonight? Yeah, I am indeed. He's... he's Stomach and all is at the flattening down some amount, and his face, his face is totally different. Looking at him, even his, you can see his jawline now starting to come through, and it's ah, oh, he's starting to look more handsome. So I'm happy with it. Yeah, he's flying. What compliments, Donald Waters? I actually am just back from Harley Street. There, I got a bit of nip and tuck. Really fancy it. You just, uh, yeah, listen, feeling, uh, feeling energized, feeling good. This week was a little bit different. I don't know what it was. Just feel not that it's getting easier because Ammo is, uh, she's a great trainer, but she knows how to put those weights on and just never gives up. You know. So it's very intense, but uh, I'm going to be interested to see what happens now today. I'm just We are where we are, you know? Mm, you'll be down. I'm sure you will. You just mentioned something there for listeners, you know, tightening up on the tummy. What's the best way to get that done? Best off doing cardio or even hit. It's more high intensity, you know, meals, so we do. So, And I also had him doing something different today, which he's not used to. So a little bit of weight training and that, you know. So it's more what I wanted to get him into. But yeah, he's flying. I'm happy with his progress anyways. What do you think? What did we set last week as the target? We set three last week. Three, is that all right? I think I said four and then we went to three and a half. Yeah, there was a compromise. Three and a half. half. It was three with ammo and four with Donald. But can I say to you, we we were doing these weight trains today, the bar itself, even no weights, I tell you, is heavy. (laughs) Never mind once you put weights on. I don't know what, and even, they were even small now. They weren't big weights. I know Alan now was, uh, he did... Much heavier weights than ourselves, but even the bar itself. What's that bar weight? Is it? It's twenty k- twenty kg. So twenty kg on your back. I tell you, <laughs> unreal, unreal. Yeah. Well, twenty yeah. on the back, less yeah. on the belly. I'm sure. True, true. Let's see what the scales say, and I'll just remind uh, listeners that after two weeks, Donal was down to fifteen stone and a pound. I'd say it's at fourteen something. Is it? It is indeed. So Donald's new weight is 14 stone, 10 and a half pounds. Wow, wow, wow. That is a four and a half pound loss pound this pound. week wow. again. There we go. Happy, happy with that. Man, yeah. you, yeah, look at this. There's love all around. There's hugging and you name it. Four and a half. So yeah, thrilled with that now, to be honest with you. I hope now we'll probably do two pounds next, uh, <laughs> next week. Not, I think. Don't be jumping the gun now. Four and a half, you're thrilled. Yes, I am. An extra, an extra pound off, you know, so. Yeah, so looking forward to that target of two, 
two stone is getting that little bit uh, further now to be honest with you so yeah so looking forward to it you know? look at that figure on that chart there it says that Donal you have lost 18 and three quarter pounds at the halfway mark folks isn't that that is some achievement you know what I mean that's a stone and five almost yeah, it's brilliant, and uh, but it's going to get tougher and tougher now. You know, the the first week was uh, was that little bit uh, uh, easier. Second week, third week, so it's like it's nine, it's five, four and a half. So it's going to be little little, little baby bits now. But you, know? you just need about nine and nine and a little now, and you have two stone, which would be so, some achievement. So can I take next week off then? No, no, come on, you're okay, a chancer. Okay, okay, There's right, no right. taking off next week. Okay, you have to get okay, the pedal right, to the metal and keep it going. Keep You've it been going. doing brilliant. It's a lifestyle change as well. So mm. remember that target next week will be three. Don't change your mind on that uh, you'd have to wouldn't you <laughs> <laughs> no 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 we go three and a half okay yeah okay. three 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 and a half okay you're always you pushing out the sure ball you have to you know you have yeah, to push yeah. yourself yeah anyway what about work and meeting people and all yeah. you're encountering you're getting great support aren't you and praise and reaction the staff at Blackstone to be honest with you all the management team and all the staff they're like uh, they're phoning me up you know how'd you get on and you know to kind of get a, a like a sneak preview of actually what uh, you know before the, uh, the radio show goes out everyone's behind us customers are coming in oh that's yourself I didn't know it was yourself from on the radio or so that people are stopping me in the streets and getting lovely text messages as well so yeah it's great you wouldn't know who'd be listening to be honest with you you know but it's all out there and probably nothing to, to, to hide as well but can I just say Emma's a, a great instructor probably one of the best here I just went I'm only joking <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, you could you be know, so if you're looking for any personal training, come down and see how much she's the best. It's working obviously for myself. You know? Well, can I tell them a little secret here? Noel Stewart is his partner in Blackstone Motors, and Noel was always the slim guy of the pair of boys who set up the business. And somebody said you were called Noel the other day. I know. Well, yeah, I just put a pair of glasses. But that's probably, I'm not sure if that's a compliment or not. You know, I, I think it's a big compliment. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. I, well, Noel's fading away, so yeah, Noel's in good shape. Yeah. Anyway, good luck to you. Well Thanks. done again, Donald. Keep it going for next week. And to you, Anne-Marie, as well. Congratulations to both of you. Fantastic. So, we weigh in our first participant tonight, and it's another four and a half pounds down on the scales. Next up, Siobhan O'Neill White is taking everything possible off here to remain sort of decent in a public space. She is, isn't she, Fran? She's a little trooper. (laughs) Yeah, we've had a great week. We, uh, funnest part was a Zumba class out in Betty's town. It's a great class, great fun. Yeah, we've had a, a good week. Do you know what I suggest? Like, yeah. Siobhan is like a little bit of an independent republic with Fran out in East Mead. Maybe the three from Drogheda might pop out and share a session with you out there before we finish up. We leave that food okay. for thought with them there. Talking about food, how has your eating week been? Do you know what? I'd love to get the boys to Zumba because I know it, it's I just think it would be so much fun to have the boys and Anne at the Zumba class. It is such crack. And I'd love to see them too shaking it for all they're worth. I think that would be... Uh, Donald's not even listening. I'm inviting him to a Zumba class here. Oh, so Donald, give him a thumbs up off Donald. Up, yeah. He's in. <laughs> he's onto his, his fan club there after weighing in a few <laughs> hey, minutes ago. He's four and a half pounds down. He doesn't want to talk to the riffraff now. He's happy over there with himself. I hope he's texting his wife to thank her for cooking them dinners. Uh, we've had a great week. I have Fran and then I have Guy and the other morning I was with Guy he was training me and he had to go downstairs for a minute and he put me on this crazy machine I don't even know what it was and I was pushing away and I put the the resistance down one and the next thing my phone beeps put that back up he was watching me on camera 
camera. I thought if Fran's not here and guys downstairs, I'm a bit no watching everything. Um, I love the Zumba class. It's on Tuesday at eleven. So anyone in the Bettystown area, Tuesday at eleven. And I'm taking my mother to the Zumba class because she's uh, they're all supporting me now. So she's going to come and shake all. All of her booty tomorrow for the Zumba as well. Isn't that terrific? Yeah. But tell me about you. How are you feeling? Do you feel lighter? Are you fitting into yeah. that garment that you mentioned to us um, at the start? Or did you even look at it since? I went shopping in Marshes on Friday afternoon and I was getting some leggings and some tops and sports gear and I bought a swimsuit. I'm going to put that swimsuit on when this is over. And that is the scariest thing I could imagine doing. But that has left me with so little taste for chocolate that I think it's... And I have it, I have it in my bedroom, stuck up on the wall. So every time I think about even think of going near a crisp or something, I'm like, that swimsuit's there looking at me. <laughs> and I'll be slapping on the fake tan and putting that on at the end of this. So, yeah, I, that's a scary thing for a woman to do. But I'm all about empowering your body and not being ashamed of your little bits that are left over after having babies. I'm not going to be skinny at the end of this, but I hope I have the confidence confidence to get into the swimsuit um, and we'll see we'll see so hopefully she will have that she confidence will. I have to say anything I've thrown at Siobhan um, she will do it and she'll do it 100% um, you know everyone has a, a few ailments and so, but we've worked around them but Siobhan never says no she will do it and uh, if she can't do it she'll do it to her best of her ability or we'll change it around I think we've tried every machine out in Betty's town they have a really weird one for your Gluteus Maximus. Yeah. She gave that, and I swear, I, I even me looking at her, I was exhausted. So, positive week. Let's hope the scales will tell us the same. Well, listen, we won't delay anymore, will yeah. we? Will we get her to step on there, Fran? Okay, here we go. Siobhan O'Neill White, everyone with bated breath, stands on the scales. 12 stones, 7. She was after two weeks at the midway point. Uh, what are we at? We are Tell down, me. yeah, 12 stone, 6.5 pounds. So 12, six and a half. You're down a half okay. a pound this okay. week. So you're down again. Okay. Come on. She's down again. Let's encourage this woman. It's you're all down. muscle. It's all muscle, Jerry. Because the exercises they had me doing this week were insane. And Guy and Fran both said to me, you're going to have a week where you don't lose much or you might stay the same. And they prepared me for that. So I know I did everything I could this week and I'm just going to keep on doing what I'm doing. You're down £8 in total at yeah. the halfway mark. Now, yeah. if you could replicate that, you'd be over the stone. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, you're not far away to get to that stone mark. No, not far off. I mean, that's heavier than my biggest child that mm. I gave birth to. So, yeah, I think we're doing well. There you go. <laughs> that's we're doing a, well. That's a lovely way of looking at and it, that, isn't and it? that was heavy. That was heavy. <laughs> OK, for next week, what do you think? So, a uh, little plan. We're going to change around a few things uh, Eating wise, bring up a little bit more high intensity on her training, as in more uh, physicality. Even though I don't know how I'm going to fit that in, because she's she has been so physical as it is. But yeah, no, change around her eating plan. That's the main object for next for week. For next week, yeah, yeah. Target. I, I'd still like to see two or three, but um, okay. I, and I think she will. I think this was her plateau, yeah. and we'll we'll take it from there. You happy with that? I am. Yeah, I'm. I'm totally dedicated, doing everything they tell me to do, and they prepared me for this, and I'm grand. Yeah. Siobhan O'Neill White down eight pounds, folks, at the end of week three at the halfway mark. Well done to you. So we're down, down with our first two. We're heading to a break on late lunch. Stay with us. Go nowhere because Alan Fedigan and Anne Mead will be weighing in very shortly. Welcome back to Lose Weight and Feel Great 2019 in association with Integral Fitness and Leisure. It's weigh-in night. It's the halfway point. It's the end of week three. We've had two down so far. Third up on the scales is Anne Mead. She joins me with our personal trainer, Connor Tully, and we'll start with Connor. 
Well, the week gone by, how was she? Was she a good student? Yeah, she's been really good this week. So, again, we're improving on the diet and we're improving in the gym. So she's given her 100% either way. Many sessions this week for um, the seven days. She had six sessions with one day off. But I wouldn't call it a rest day. She's been flat out doing a few 5Ks that I got her doing so, at home. So she's been pushed. I was here late last week in the morning, very early with the yeah, three of them. Yeah. They were working like billio. And yeah. that's it every time they're here. They're yeah, at this well, intense workout. They all, they all seem to pull each other along. Even if we do group sessions or we do individual, they're always there like in the, up on the gym and stuff like that. So they're always pushing themselves. So it's, it's been a good, good week. Hopefully. What did you say last week? Did you set a figure? I think I say four. I think it was. What was your personal target? Three. I'm not moving from three, Jerry. <laughs> okay. Three so every Connor week. said four. Yeah. You said three, and it's yeah. been three each week with you. Yeah. How are you feeling about this? Where do you Great. feel you are this evening? Are you going to make these numbers on the scales? Do you know? Um, maybe I shouldn't even say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> um, I don't really mind about the scales this week. So for my first week, I'm just forgetting about the scales because I feel great. Mm. And I can see it myself and everybody's saying it to me. And that's all that matters. I know myself, my metabolism is an awful lot different than most people. Um, It's a lot slower, but I'm getting there. And if it takes me four months longer to get to where I want to get, I don't mind once I see the, the changes in myself and keep at it. Lorraine Ball told me something this evening that I never knew about you. You function with one kidney. I do, very well. Tell us the story about that. Um, when I was 25, I had to go for one of those days. I, I can't even remember why I had to go for it. And um, everything was fine. But the back said, how long have you got one kidney? And I said, what? <laughs> and said, you have only one kidney. And I said, I never knew that. I said, how did that happen? <laughs> and they were like, um, well, you might have been born with one kidney or one might not have developed. But I have one larger kidney than normal. So but you never knew this? Never knew that. Until you were 25? 25, yeah. Does that make a difference? You know, you've obviously heard this yeah, as well, yeah, Connor, for the only, first time. Yeah, first time tonight as well. So, look, it does make a difference. As, as she's getting older, her metabolism slowing down, but that's definitely going to have an effect on it as well. Mm. So, And in terms of keeping her body hydrated and stuff her body internally is going to work a lot harder to sustain war so yes. it is it's it's good I mean, she's pushing herself and she's not one to say no I'm not doing this and not doing that she's always there to mm. push herself to the, to the limit anyway so it's been it's been a good week and overall three weeks probably really good so I'm really proud of her and she's been pushing a lot it hasn't held you back one bit has it? No, I never really think about it. I remember when I found out first that I had one kidney and I went home to all my lovely brothers and sisters and said, I have only one kidney, you know. And they're all looking at me going, oh, you need me looking for one of mine because you're not getting it. <laughs> <laughs> so at least I know where I stand. You do? No messing straight talking in that house. <laughs> as long as I mind the one I have, I'm OK. Oh, yeah, course, <laughs> I'll be grand. Of course, of course. Do you feel this week, I know you say you don't pay attention to the scales and we do, unfortunately. Yeah. Do you think you'll be down? Yeah. You're going to be down? Great, step on there till we see. Four and a half, she lost the first week. Two pounds lost last week. Week three, halfway mark. Last week, she weighed in at 15 stone 10. Are you smiling, Lorraine Balfe? Are you really smiling? I am. What does it say? Anne is now 15 stone and five pounds. Oh, go on, you good thing, yeah. She you were fooling us all this time. <laughs> Five down, you've smashed it this week. Oh yeah, I just feel like everything kicked in this week. You know, I was a little bit slower getting going, but everything has kind of fallen into place for me now, so we'll keep at it. <laughs> Eleven and a half gone, you're only three and a half away from the stone. <laughs> yeah.
Pleased. Delighted. Very pleased. Yeah, delighted. And I wouldn't have done it without Connor and all the other instructors here. As we say, we all work together as a team there in the mornings. And I have to thank Connor and everybody else here in Integral. Amazing. The support that we get is just second to none. I saw you early morning, was it last Thursday or Friday? <laughs> and you belting it out there after 6am. Fair juice yeah. to you. Happy yeah, personal I'm, trainer? No, I'm very happy, yeah. From the start, like she's nearly there hitting a stone. So look, the next week we'll push it and definitely get down to the stone. Set the bar for next week. Definitely going to hit three. And yeah, I'm happy with my three. I'm ahead of the target. Just stay ahead of the target. It's all about the target. It's all about the target. <laughs> Let's hear it for Anne Mead and Connor Tully. Five pounds down this week. A terrific, terrific achievement. I've left them to last again this week, as Nathan McLaughlin pointed out to me, his personal trainer. But it's time to hear from Alan Fedigan, the man who's been just breaking records left, right and centre with us on Lose Weight and Feel Great 2019. I'll just remind you about Alan. He lost 12 and a quarter in week one, eight and three quarters last week, bringing him a total of £21 down. Nathan... Will he slow a bit more this week? He has to. He has to, yeah, of course. It has to slow down at some stage. So, realistically, I'd be happy £3 any more than that's a bonus. But it go- it does. The first week or two, you expect big weight loss, OK? But then after that, it has to slow. And for healthy weight loss as well, it has to steady. You know, but I'm still confident that we did well this week. Alan's looking at me there doubting himself. But no, I know we did well this week. We put in good sessions. We didn't get in as many as we usually would. But we still got good, solid sessions in. So, I'm I'm confident. I'm looking at him there. Look, you can see it in his face, oh, like 100%. the change in three weeks. He's wearing the same top that you couldn't wear last time, he said, you know, so he's showing it off. But uh, <laughs> He didn't wash it either. <laughs> yeah, but no, you can see it in him 100%. And it's, it, for a man his size, the way he's carrying, he's well able to manage it. His fitness levels are brilliant for someone the weight that he was he's well able to manage it and which is very good because we could get off to a fast start that wasn't necessarily getting him back into it he had it there to just get stuck back in straight away you know well how are you feeling the man himself grand yeah actually very good a tough week this week I missed maybe I missed Saturday and Sunday this week I couldn't get with work but apart from that we had a good week did you do anything today yes we were here this morning yeah Ammo took us this morning. It was supposed to be a late session, but that woman doesn't know late. She doesn't do light, no. Anne-Marie. Not at all. Pedal to the metal every single time. So the weekend, up to the weekend, though, you were flying. You were well, you know, within what you wanted to do. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was a good week. Nathan, we had a great week, actually. We had a heavy week with weights and that, but it was enjoyable and it was good, so... Food-wise, the daughters are here again with you tonight. How is that going? Is he doing well? Is he? Yeah, the thumbs up I'm getting. Yeah, yeah, it's same as I have. I'm nearly basically eating the same for the last three weeks for breakfast, dinner, and for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, yeah. So, diet is perfect. Do you feel hungry at all? Are you missing out? Had you withdrawal symptoms, pangs of not having the sugar or what you were used to? At night time, yeah. As I say, like I eat my tea around half seven, and from that till closing him does be tough enough. So, it's just water. Toddle onto them scales there, Alan Fedigan, and let's see what they say. 19, five and a half pounds a week ago. Lorraine looks at the numbers on the scales and they say this week at the halfway point. 19 stone and one and a half pounds. Four pound down this week for Alan Fedigan. Another four. Congratulations to you. Thanks, Jerry. Yeah, I was actually a bit worried tonight as I said in the earlier. I just didn't feel maybe I was going to 
hit that maybe, but I'm delighted with four now, so the target was three, so. Yeah, you beat the target, is right, Nathan? Yeah, I'm over the moon, we're already nearly at our target and we're only halfway through, so I'm delighted overall. I did expect it to slow, Alan I think was expecting a big jump each week, but it does have to steady, but I'm very proud of him with that, and uh, we're nearly there at our goal already, you know. £25 down in three weeks, that is a massive achievement. Yeah, and it, you'd feel it too, you know. I can I can wear clothes now that I haven't been wearing this maybe two years, so mm. it's it's good. Well done to you, well done to you. Next week, what's the scales going to show next Three week? Three pounds to reach the goal. The two stone will be off by next week. Are you happy with that? Yeah, yeah. Three def- pounds to take you to two stone after four weeks. I'd be delighted if that happens. Oh, yeah. wouldn't that be great? Let's hear it for Alan Fedigan. Down another four this week. Well done to Alan. And final word as usual to Lorraine Balf. Well, 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 it's down, down, down all the way again this week. They deliver every week, every I have to week. say. They do deliver every They're a different gang this year, Jerry. I'm loving the camaraderie. They get on like a house on fire. Um, they're sharing instructors. They're coming in when the others are here and they, they have a great banter amongst them. They're a lovely, lovely crew. They never stop smiling. Um, I think I've seen one or two of them dip for five minutes here and there and that's the height of it. That's not happened before in other shows. So they are really a great gang. Now, Jerry, there's a surprise in the works. You're aware of this. So not this Sunday, but next Sunday. In Two te- weeks. Yes. February 17th. Yeah. We're Integral's going to take these guys and their instructors and myself and yourself uh, up to Carlingford Adventure Centre for the day. Um, Adrian there has very kindly given us the centre free of charge and we're going to put them through their paces, have some fun with some of the obstacles and the events there and also we're going to push them slightly so we have a little bit of an adrenaline rush and um, another great opportunity for us, Chopped uh, Restaurant in Drogheda, very kindly offered to feed us for the day so we'll have lovely fresh healthy food for the day uh, over in Carlingford and uh, hopefully we'll step on the scales whilst we're there we will we'll do the weigh in on that Sunday so that's two weeks ahead from now but for the moment we are so pleased with them aren't we they're a great crew they're a great crew they deliver they do what they're told (laughs) you know in gym land that's a real bonus Uh, the instructors are all as I said they can't say enough good things about them so if they keep doing what they're doing there won't be one goal missed anyway that's it from the halfway weigh in and lose weight feel great 2019 here at Integral Fitness and Leisure in Drogheda aren't they just going great another week on how will they do you'll have to join us next Tuesday to find out the Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Now open in Dundalk beside the Dundalk Retail Park. The nearly new sale is now on at Blackstone Motors Dundalk. My next guest, well, his hearing difficulties began at a young age and have continued throughout his life. Despite everything, he's prospered in so many ways. He's well known in sporting circles in Louth and beyond and in business as well. He's fitted now with specialist hearing aids and I'm delighted to welcome to Late Lunch this afternoon, John Murphy. John, good to see you. Jerry, great to be here. Thanks a million. Thank you for coming in to me on the show today. Let's roll the clock back and difficulties with your hearing. You were okay, were you, in your very early years? Early years, there would have been no issues whatsoever with me hearing. It was, I suppose, when I became around 10, 9, 10 years of age, I suffered with a thing they would call glue ear. Um, it was leakage in my in my left ear uh, as a young boy, which was, you know, wasn't the most comfortable thing to have. And going to school or whatever, you'd cotton wool in it or whatever. Plugging it, like yeah. All the time and stuff like that. But it was never, it never led up. So, of course, we, we got it checked out and stuff like that. And uh, it ended up I had to have major surgery on it 
and around 10 years of age in St. Patrick Dunn's up in Dublin and uh, where they'd done a mastoidectomy where it was an infected bone, Jerry. That's really what it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was the beginning of me, me ear problems as, as that would have damaged my hearing in the left ear. So you had had you any hearing left after that operation? Uh, probably ten percent in my left ear. Okay, but uh, the right but one was full fine. hearing in my right okay. ear. Okay, never an issue with my right so ear. So you can work away. It's I not an fine. issue never at all. Never affected me in life. And did the weeping and all those issues stop then? With the, the weeping left ear? stopped uh, for a period of time um, until later on again. Then in life, when I, you know, it 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 had to be dealt with again. Okay, the the left ear. We had to have a revisionary mastoid done, and that was just. Maybe just precautionary, just to you know, to kept an eye on it. Every year, I'd go back to the to to the mm. medical guys in Dublin, and um, I had a revisionary mastoid done. Then it was later on then when I suffered severe pain around my left side of my face and ear in the ear, the inner ear, uh, when that became a major problem. Okay, but in the meantime, your right ear had been carrying you along, no issue, perfectly fine. But sod's law, it starts yeah. to give trouble. Then the right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and much, that was that much, was much later in life. Much later in life, yeah, yeah. It was probably the tinnitus is what what is the issue. That that's what happened to me. And I started suffering this noise, this you know, humming, buzzing, hissing, uh, squealing. It there's all sorts of different noises involved in tinnitus, and um, it started happening maybe maybe four years ago. It's it sort of kicked on a wee bit, and. Uh, at the time, it, re- it didn't really affect me as such. You know, it was just an irritant more than anything else. And uh, I was able to cope with it fine. It's later on when it become it became much more, I suppose, louder. It became much, much louder and louder and louder. So you're hearing this all the time, John? Constantly. It must be Never. shocking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and then it really is affecting you, is it? Yeah. Yeah, look, I got away with it for... for a long time for three to four, you know, maybe three years where it, I just sort of dealt with it myself, and you know, I, I my hearing was diminishing in my right ear. That was the problem. Now we didn't really know what level my hearing was at because I didn't really go and get it and done about it. I checked about it. I would have done a lot of research on on the the noise, the tinnitus issue, just myself. And do you ever get relief from that? You know, when you have tinnitus, was there anything that would relieve it or ease it? Sleep. <laughs> so you could sleep. Yeah, yeah, you have to sleep eventually, and you know it's gone. Then, when you're asleep, you can't hear it. God, it must have been a dread wake. And when you woke, did it come it back straight, straight away? away. It never leaves you, Jerry. This is the thing about tinnitus. Tinnitus doesn't leave. Well, it never left me. I'm here with you in, in the studio now. I have my two hearing aids in. If I take them out, the noise is there, constantly. Like it's there now. But because of the hearing aids, it masks the noise of the tinnitus. So it never leaves you. It never does, no. It's like, you know, you often hear people saying about back pain that you can't see. And you can't see this in John Murphy either. You meet John Murphy, you don't realise no. that this man is hearing this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My, I suffered tremendously probably in the last, you know, 15 months or whatever. Like, it, it, it affected me at work. It affected me out in my local town in Dundalk it affected me coaching kids in the hurling or whatever it was becoming a major problem I wasn't able to do the things that I was you know so used to doing or whatever like um, out in the street or whatever or down down near your house or whatever and someone was even just giving a gesture saying hello to you I couldn't hear them I wasn't hearing them 
So a lot of people may have thought I was being, you know, snubbing them or ignoring them or whatever like that. And absolutely not. And that is not you. Not in the slightest. You're a real outgoing man. You have been all your life. Absolutely. So so suddenly then you realise, oh God almighty, like people have an impression of me now that's totally wrong. Well, not even that. It wasn't that no one was saying it to me. This was the thing, you know. It it happened a couple of times. It did have people, you know, maybe said it to family members or friends or whatever. John ignored me the other day. Is John all right or whatever, you know? But it was at home, like at home, I'd be there around the dinner table and... You know, the six of us there having our dinner in the evening and I couldn't converse with anybody. I couldn't hear what was going on in the at the table. That to me was became really, really frustrating. So what you know? brought this to a head? Because you mentioned those hearing aids that you have in now and really they've been a godsend for you. Absolutely. What brought it to a head? It was at work, um, in the office in Acorn down and Dock where it was just a normal day. I had been struggling for a long time, whereas people were communicating with me via the phone. I would have to put them on speakerphone, and I couldn't hear the phone as normal, you know. Um, I'll come to that regarding the hearing aids, the, the advantage that I've had with that now. But um, So I just couldn't really hear people properly. But it became, you know, it, it stood out one morning when I had two, two appointments one, one day in the office, and the two different couples that came in, I couldn't hear what they were saying. Simple as that, just the same as me and you here in the office. I couldn't hear what they were saying. And I had to end both appointments, and that was quite frightening, to be very honest with you. When it's going to affect your... It's affecting your home life, it's affecting your, you know, your work life, your your livelihood or whatever. It became pretty pretty frightening now, you know, to be honest with you. So, so that was the day that it really... It kicked in. And I know you spoke to your wife about this, and a decision was made. So you went... Back to Dublin to went to, went to the Hermitage. Got an appointment with the Hermitage through my GP, and uh, went to went to just have a, a meeting with him in, in in the hospital up there. Done all the hearing tests that I would have had done for years or whatever. But that was the day that really kicked home where the level my hearing loss had gone down so dramatically that really I wasn't aware of. You know, and so basically after an hour, an hour and a half after all the tests been done. You know, what's the solution here? Is there any solution? I'm looking at him and he said, hearing aids may be an option. Now, I stress the word may, Jerry. Maybe not for everybody. It mightn't work for everybody. This is the thing. I'm not I'm not an expert in ears or medical stuff like that or whatever, but it was an option. It was an option that I didn't have before I went up that day. So look, you're going to investigate these things. I, uh, you know, we, we talked about getting a second opinion. He agreed. So that was the next stage. I went to Deaf and Hearing the Dark, who are now Chime. I have a friend in there, Caroline Myers, who was aware of my situation. And uh, I basically went into them the following week and had a had a meeting with Tasso, the, the Greek guy in charge of the, the, um, their unit in there. And he'd done the same tests, identical to what I'd done in the Hermitage, and came up with the exact same solution. Hearing it, that was confirmation. Then, absolutely, two people saying the very same very thing same to two thing. experts. Yeah. So, who fitted them for you? I in Dundalk, I, I you know, deaf in here, as I say, chime now and hassle, and took a couple of weeks to get them ordered, and they came down, and I met them on it. I think it was a Tuesday morning, and I went in, and we fitted the hearing aids on, and uh, to say it was dramatic, Jerry, is an understatement. You know, it was life changing, really. You know. 
Um, in what way? What was the biggest thing that happened? So you, you get them in. So you have a very low level of hearing. You, yeah. This has been confirmed for you. You're not hearing people. Yeah. And then you go and get these fitted. You know, just sitting in the, in the room with, with, with Tasso and, and my wife Linda. And, you know, once they went on, like I could just hear, you know, the level of hearing had just gone through the roof, you know. And um, there's speakers in your ear. That's yeah. really what they are. And uh, and are they set at a level for you? I can adjust them yourself. accordingly. Yeah, yeah, you can adjust them yourself to suit your own, you know. Tell me what you heard. Did you hear water or something? There's a funny story oh, about well, that. Was, you know, first of all, when I left the building, I, I met, uh, I walked out the door and a guy actually very well known, publican from Dundalk Pass, publican Tony O'Kane, was walking up the street. And Tony just said, hiya John, well John. And he was 50 yards away and I heard him. And that was just one of those wow moments. Miraculous. You know? Yeah, miraculous. Yeah, And I was able to, you know, he didn't really, he wouldn't have known my situation or whatever. But just to be able to hear someone from a distance and, I'd missed that for such a long period yeah. of time, and it was great, you know. Okay. So that, that was that was the first mm. major surprise of know, many, of course, yeah, that followed yeah. on from there. Yeah. Now I look at you today; they're obviously tiny. You can't really see them. Oh yes, look, I see I you. See them, yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're not. They're no, not the they're, big, they're you know, not. People have an impression of hearing aids. I suppose years ago they were stuck in your in your eardrum. Yes. Yeah. No, quite bulky little objects. Yeah. These, These are, are tiny little things just small, behind your ear, just behind your ear yeah. and they are tiny. With a small speaker. Yeah, I see it there going into the ear. Yeah, John, yeah. I have to tell you, only for you did that. And John's just after taking it out here and showing it to me. You John, can't be careful see the way you worded that there, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> His hearing aid. Yeah. He's after showing it to me. You just would not see that at all, would you? No, you they must are so be very happy with that. Extremely they discreet. are really yeah. discreet. Not that it would have worried me. You know, it, it's it's the benefit of, that they've given me, the change to my life that they've provided. Is I wouldn't care what they look like, you know. Mm. But they are genuinely so discreet, a little wired, and, mm. you know, mm. insignificant thing. You wouldn't even notice them. Mm. So like, nobody spots them. You know, no. people that know I have them maybe see them, but yeah. if you're meeting me for the first time. You don't notice the hearing aids. This know. man is a remarkable story. I want to take a short break. John Murphy is with us. Maybe you know somebody or somebody listening today you're affected by this. This is why John is here telling his story. He wants to tell you about his, his own situation and about Chime, this wonderful organisation, and Tinnitus to hi- highlight it as well. If you're affected and you want to contact us or you need more information, we'll be telling you about Chime in a few moments. And don't forget the usual numbers to give us a shout. 86 658 by WhatsApp or text. John Murphy's telling us his remarkable story about his hearing and he has the hearing aids in now and he's hearing perfectly. John, it's, it's some comment for you. Good man, John, I hope you mentioned the upside where you didn't hear all that your managers were saying to you in the dressing room over the years. I wonder who sent that in. God only knows, but he was probably wrong anyway. You know what I mean, Jerry? That's... <laughs> Managers are normally wrong, really, you know. Us players mean more. Question here from somebody. Is it expensive to have the hearing aids fitted? What what would you be talking about, ballpark? Um, As far as I know, there are different types and different levels and different, you know, designs or whatever, and different companies make them. Um, You know, you're talking from five grand down to two grand, maybe. Okay. I think that's. But, John, can you put a price on on, on what this has done for you? To be able to hear my kids in the evening having my dinner and to be able to converse with them in everyday life is worth, you know, no money can get that back, which I've got back, which is amazing. And, um, you know, so money doesn't really come into it. You know what I mean? You do anything you can to improve your health and. My health issue was my hearing, and mm. to have that fixed. Now, as I said to you, I'm still hearing the noise, but 
with the hearing aids, it masks it, it, it takes it away. It, you know, it, it makes things louder for me. Like a bag of crisps closing the door, all this sort of, that's all so loud for me. Yeah. But it's compared to what it was, it's, it's, it's you know, such a, it's, it's life changing yeah. and it has so, been life changing for this yeah. man. And you did want to say again that th- this may not be for everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. Not, not everybody might get the, the benefit that I, I got from it. And there are other things that come with tinnitus as it's an inner ear infection. It can cause vertigo, which is combined with tinnitus is there's a d- disease called Meniere's disease, which Again, if anyone knows about Meniere's disease, there is no cure for Meniere's. Whether t- whether hearing aids would help people with that, I'm not. I don't know. As I say, I'm not an expert. And um, people have different levels of of tinnitus. People have tinnitus that maybe mightn't be there all the time, and um, maybe they have it in both ears. I don't have it in my left ear. That's another factor. Maybe that's different to other people. I don't know, mm. but um, definitely it's it's something that worked for me and that's the big point here for me it worked whether it works for everybody else I don't know Do you wear them sleeping or no, do they come out at night time? The one time where I remove the hearing aids is when I'm going to sleep Okay, and when I'm having a shower Alright Okay. Um, you must take them out going to sleep you know the battery operated so you let the battery you open them up and the battery you know gets more life out of it then yeah. that way as yeah. well but you do take them out when you're going to sleep now, your other side of your life, you, you're, you work with Acorn, as you mentioned, your financial advisor there, and life has been very good to you, and uh, you're doing really well. Your sporting life is well known, though, because your father, Morris Murphy, a name synonymous with Harley and, and Loud. Loud. Yeah, yeah. yeah, when you just say the name, <laughs> you think of the come Thankfully, on. yeah, yeah, I take great pride in that. You know, Daddy was a great, uh, great Harlan man, as everyone would know, um, sadly not with us anymore, but... You know, that's I got my love of the game yeah. from my dad and uh, playing for Navman and then playing for Loud over the years. Um, thankfully, the hearing didn't affect me on the hurling field or the football field or whatever, you know. But, uh, yeah, you know, I was I was very lucky to have such a uh, a wonderfully successful career as a player and, and you know, with, with the club and with, with the football club, with the Islanders and with, with the county football club. Yes, you're a young Islanders. I want to say that they've Islanders had such man. a successful Fantastic last year or more. Yeah. Oh, my God yeah, almighty, yeah, it's yeah. been outstanding. If you were to look at your football and I suppose hurling as well, what would be the highlight for you? Because I do want to tell listeners as well, weren't you part of that great success, the Laurie Ma with Loud, Dee McCarthy and yourself? Dee was the manager. He was yeah. Steph and Joe Power, selectors and... and uh, you know, to win in Croke Park was the big deal, Jerry. To for a hurling team to win a, a final title in Croke Park was uh, a memorable occasion, a very memorable occasion. Um, fair play to Dee, have been a lifelong friend of Dee's and and Joe, of course. And uh, you know that was that was probably a highlight off the field. Was definitely the highlight of my career. You know, um, on the field but, when you played. Ah, look at winning county titles. Yes, and, you know, playing the Leinster championships and playing for your county and stuff like that. There was there's no better. No better thrill, you know. It's different when you're on the sidelines, but still, you you're you know you, you you'd love to be out there. I'm oh, sure, absolutely, but you understand the clock yeah, moves on yeah, and the yeah. next generation comes and, and and hopefully they become better than what yes. we were. You know what yeah. I mean? But yeah, uh, yeah look at you know you miss you miss the game. I would have missed a lot of hurling there over the last you know coaching kids because of the tennis or whatever you know mm. but um, hopefully we might get back into doing a wee bit more of course you will of course you will he's reborn again <laughs> uh, with his new hearing aids you have four children and they're all talented in different ways but you have a very fine golfer he's a good lad yeah young Owen yeah Owen's doing well he's um, 
finished school now. He's done his leaving cert. He's uh, hopefully heading to Minute now in September with the, uh, you know, to the Harrington Golf Scholarship. He's represented his country, which we'd be very Brilliant. proud of. And mm. you know, he's a fine golfer out in the Dark Golf Club there. And you know, he's a he's a he's a young man that's maybe going places. Mm. We'll see what happens. You know, fingers crossed. More sport, ah, more sporting success. Never isn't it great? Oh no, what? Where would we be? I often <laughs> say in life without an interest in sport. <laughs> I think it'd be a very boring place. You yeah, know, indeed, indeed, it absolutely. Really, yeah, really it's lovely. Look, it's lovely to have another interest there. And, yeah, you know, we love going to watch him play and playing with his club and. And he's playing in tournaments on his own, you know. It's, mm. it's 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 great fun, you know. One thing I meant to ask you back to the hearing and that, um, when when you didn't realise, obviously yourself, your hearing was diminishing. Mm. Did you learn to? Li- are you a lip reader? Did you learn the, that even sub- well, unconsciously? Sub- subtitles was the big. That was one of the main things. Watching TV, I just could not hear the sound on the TV. So subtitles became compulsory. You know, I just could not watch a TV program no matter where he was. Mm. Um, and you had to have subtitles on, which was annoying for, you know, people at home or whatever. But um, that was one thing I had to had to use. Definitely, I started looking at people more, as you say, with the lip reading and the things, trying to grasp, you know, because uh, it had gone down that low, you know, and we hearing it gone so low, you know, you were looking at every angle, yes. trying to, to help the situation, you know, mm. and... Um, as I say, it just came to a head where I just couldn't hear people. Mm. And something had to be done. And I'm just telling people here today, I, I have headphones on, which I always do, to, to hear my producer and what's going on, and the guests as well. If, if you were to put a set of heads on here, would that cause you difficulty? I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know. No, and we weren't going to try could, either. When I put my hands up to my ears, you can hear the interference. I hear it. Yes, 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 yes. There is interference, you yes, know. Yes, yeah. And... Um, so I can't imagine. No, no, yeah, John. Yeah. This has been absolutely perfect. Don't, <laughs> don't do, don't do it. You know, it's just been great. And uh, just a curious, a curiosity of mine when 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 I see you here in the studio as well. So again, we want to get the message out today. If you're struggling with tinnitus, if your hearing is decreasing, don't sit on your hands and accept it. That's the message you want to absolutely. get out. Absolutely. Look, there's help out there. I think tinnitus is a, a, is. Funny enough, I've been told that this week is Tinnitus Awareness Week, yep. which I wasn't aware of. That's why you're here. Morning, you know, which is great <laughs> to hear. But um, people aren't, you know, they're not aware of the help that's out there. Yeah. The tinnitus has become a sort of a, a major problem with people, but it's a very quiet illness. Mm. People don't really discuss it too mm. often because the amount of people that I've come across now that have types of tinnitus mm. is extraordinary mm. once you have it yourself. Yes. It's the same with everything. Yeah. But... But yeah, there's huge help out there. Um, don't be afraid to try different things. You know, it, as I said to you earlier on, it mightn't work. The hearing aids mightn't work for you. But you know, give it a try if 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 it if it does. Give it a try. It could help. It? Yeah. You are one great guy, I have to say. And I just want to tell people if you are concerned, Chime.ie is the website and their number. I'll give it to you now: eighteen hundred two five six two five seven. That's eighteen hundred. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 256-257, you can call them. And if you want to talk to John, as he, he'll tell himself, he'll, he'll talk to anybody. If he feels he can help one person, he'd be only too he'd delighted. Be and we can put you in touch with him. Good hurling. Good Happy luck. Days, Thank you for joining Thanks me. For John Murphy. Pleasure. Bye-bye. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Now open in Dundalk beside the Dundalk Retail Park. The nearly new sale is now on at Blackstone Motors Dundalk. I'm really happy about the next half hour on the show. Let me tell you why. It's our Late Lunch Book Club Book of the Month for January, selected by Margaret Madden, who said it would more than likely be her book of the year. Imagine that, our first month with us in the year, and she thinks it of this book. It's a debut novel which sits proudly at number one in the Irish bestsellers chart just a week after it was published. So Margaret was so right. When All Is Said was written by Anne Griffin, who I'm delighted to say is with us on Late Lunch this afternoon. And you're very welcome. I am delighted to be here, Jerry. Thank you so much for asking me. Oh, listen, this is just fantastic, I have to say. Well, what about you? <laughs> An overnight success at 50. By the way, happy birthday. Thank you so much. <laughs> what a month it's been for me. It's been fantastic. Mm. It's just, uh, listen, I mean, could you get a better birthday present than being number one in the Irish bestseller list? I am just, I'm amazed and I am, I'm so delighted people have taken my Maris Hannigan from When All Is Said to Their Hearts because I enjoyed every moment of writing him. I really <laughs> did. He is, he is the central character, if you he recall is. our big book review, in this uh, novel, which is called When All Is Said. But here's the thing. Mm. Is it true that this book came from a chance event in a Mayo pub, yes? It did indeed, yes. Tell me about that. Okay, so myself and my husband and my son, we were on a cycling holiday in the lovely Greenway over in Mayo and we had happened into um, a bar of a hotel and there was no one else in the bar except for this one man standing there with this pint of Guinness in his hand. Lovely tall man in his 70s, I reckon, head of white hair. Um, And he was very striking. And he came over immediately to chat with us to, you know, pass the time about the weather and to discuss how brilliant the Greenway was. And uh, and he was right. Um, And, you know, he told me a couple of things, two things that stuck with me. One was I worked here when I was a boy and I loved that idea. I loved that idea of this man in his 70s being where, he started almost and then it was the last thing though that just took my breath away and he said to me I'm not going to see the morning and off he went off he went to go talk to another couple that had come in the bar and he left me with those words I mean they were to me they were just astounding and I didn't know what they meant and I didn't know I didn't know how to figure it out to make sense of it um, and the next day I cycled the rest of the Greenway and I was on my own on the Greenway because it was horrendous weather even worse than it was today coming over from Navan. Um, really, really bad weather and um, I I came up with the idea of Morris Hannigan an 84-year-old farmer who sits to the bar of a Meath hotel 
and he drinks five toasts to the five most important people in his life. And through that, we get to learn about this single-minded, cantankerous man who is at the same time lovable, deeply flawed and deeply lovable. Um, And through that, we get to learn about why he's sitting there um, over these five hours and what are the mysteries and secrets he has held all his life. A story about a story that's yes. simply brilliant. But Thank it you shows much. your creative juices as well mm. in that you latched onto this and mm. then you took it. And when you were on your own, I often find that when I'm on my own, I think best, to be honest. Yes. Uh, and in a scenario, you can then sort of draw the outline of Absolutely. what was to become this book. When was that chance meeting, Amir? How long so, ago? Yeah, so 2014. Okay. I started to write in 2013. I was 44. So quite a, quite a late bloomer um, when you considered these uh, wonderful young successes like Sally Rooney, who is just fantastic. Um but yes, I, I came to the craft very late in life. I had I had various different careers. I was a bookseller. I was a community development worker. I was a finance coordinator within the charity sector. And at age 44, I was having the old itchy feet. And I was on the phone to a friend of mine and I was just annoying the hell out of him about, what, well, what am I going to do? You know, what I, in life, I, I feel like there's something else I should be doing. And he said, and you know what? You're a great reader. You know what good writing is. Have you ever thought of writing? And um, I thought, well, no, I haven't. But I was, I had an opportunity just after that conversation to go and live on Cape Clear Island, which is an island um, off Cork, the most beautiful place in the whole world. I had an opportunity to go live there for four months. And I thought, well, I tell you what, that is the place to write. If there is anywhere in this world to write, it is sitting, looking out at the Atlantic. And that's exactly what I did. I got there. I opened my computer. I started word one, sentence one. And I thought, oh, this feels really good. (laughs) And so that is how it all started for me. And so about nine months later then was when we were on the Greenway and I met this man. Um, And so I spent the next year writing the first draft of When All Is Said and brought it with me to University College Dublin, where I decided uh, I would, well, I was very lucky to get onto the MA in creative writing. And so I spent a year there workshopping this first draft until I felt that by the time I left, I had something really good to offer the world. What a brilliant way it turned out for you to go there and and incorporate this into your studies as well. Nearly like your baby, you know, that you were nurturing. Yeah, no, I was I was very clear on what I was doing Mm. going in there for a year. You know, I knew I wasn't just exploring, you know, how to write short stories, even though I learned that as well. But I knew I, I had a definite goal. I had something I wanted to walk out with. So I was quite determined. (laughs) And I think I bored the hell out of everybody because every time we had to submit something. Yeah, so how it works, just to say, on a course like an MA in creative writing, is there's about 13 students. Um, You are asked to submit, you get a turn in submitting um, a short story or a piece of a novel. And um, then everybody reads it before the class and they come in and they give their critical feedback, Um, which can be hard. And believe me, you have to to, you have to grow a thick skin very, very quickly. Um, 
But I did and I really enjoyed it and got so much from it because people were great and saying, yeah, you know, we like this bit here, Anne, but we're not sure about that bit over there now. That doesn't work so well. So there was a lot of going back to the drawing board with it, which you need to do with writing because writing is all about rewriting. If there are any budding writers out there, you know, you'll know by now that when you when you're writing your masterpiece, it doesn't just come out in one flow. It doesn't at all. You're constantly going back and chipping away at it and changing it and moving a paragraph from here to there or getting rid of whole paragraphs, whole characters even. Um, So that's what I did over the year and it really, really worked. So that when I came out at the end of 2016, I felt I I, I had as honed a piece as I could possibly Mm. get and that I needed then to find myself an agent or find myself a publisher who was going to be able to look at it and bring it to wherever they felt it it could go. So you did that and Mm. they did. But tell them this, how many rejections (laughs) did you get for this Uh, book? So it, I was on my 37th email. Yes, 37 before my wonderful agent in London um, got my email on a Friday about 11 o'clock within 10 minutes she was back to me saying um, can I read your full manuscript because normally with these things you're either submitting 10,000 words or three mm. chapters she said can I have your full manuscript and I sent it over to her and she was back to me again saying who else has this and and there were two other agents who were very interested at the time and she said will you give me till Tuesday I'll read it over the weekend give me till Tuesday and I said of course of course I'll give you all the time you want um, and um, Monday morning she was back on to me said I want to sign you can I ring you I need to talk to you about it and I was very lucky at that time because it was just before the Frankfurt Book Fair which is when all of the publishers in the UK are looking They've got money to spend. They're looking for their next big writer. Um, And um, so within a couple of weeks of actually signing with my agent, I got a book deal, which is just unheard of. So I had I had nearly a year's worth of trauma not being able to get an agent. And then, you know, luckily I didn't have the trauma of, okay, now I have an agent. But my God, will it sell? Will it sell? I didn't have that. It went so fast after. So the timing was just wonderful, you know, for me. And believe me, I know how lucky I am. And I know this doesn't happen for other people. And other writers have had much worse stories than me around this. Oh, but it's it's inspirational, may I say, because like, you know, 36 onto 37. And you're thinking (laughs) at that stage, holy God almighty, is this ever going? to happen but look what they have look what they've signed now look at how this has turned out oh my listeners are very sharp keep the messages coming to me I have something here to ask you yes the number's 086 1800 658 WhatsApp doesn't cost you or text in as well 1850 if you'd like to call a WhatsApp listener this afternoon wants to know please Jerry, tell us tell us did she ever find out what happened that man she met in the mm, pub? So many people have wanted me to go back to find out and no I haven't because what I feel is that was a very very special moment between us. I don't know what he meant and yes there is a mystery there all right that could be answered but I feel it has just given me so much that I just want to hold on to that moment 
mm. between us. So no, never went back. That person who said to you, right, Anne, right, it's very special and yes. always will be in your life. But going back to your career, mm. and you've had multiple uh, incarnations in different, and you've great experience, let me say, in mm. your life as well, which you obviously mm. bring to your writing. But Absolutely. Waterstones, and we have a water, there's Waterstones in Drogheda here yes. beside us, another one yes. in Uri just up the road. Um, you you work for Waterstones. <laughs> yes, and I want to say, lucky people, support them because oh, if we yes. don't support the bookshops oh. we're going to be poor I'll say it again I've said this many times mm. as people if we don't have our bookshops we have them in uh, Dundalk as well we mm. have them in, in County Meath your bookshop do support your local Absolutely. bookshop it's very important um, but you worked in Waterstones mm. in Dublin then you went to London Waterstones yes. and came back and managed that great shop oh. on Dawson Street oh love that shop so much when it's I worked in Dublin I loved it I used oh. to visit it most lunch hours we probably oh, passed each other sure we like did. candles in the night <laughs> at one stage but there you have it uh, but what a lovely shop that oh was. the staircase it's just beautiful I still go back in there to Tower Records just to have a wander around but mm. it is magnificent it was was a magnificent place. I was, I wasn't working for Waterstones when it closed down in Dublin, but I had a tear that day when I saw it on the news and mm. and the booksellers being interviewed. It was a very very sad day, and mm. they went from Jervis Street as well. I opened the Jervis Street branch when that opened. Um, I was the manager there, so you know I keep hoping someday they're going to come back to Dublin because you know Waterstones and Dublin fit. Mm. As far as I'm oh, concerned. Oh, listen, you know. I know it from a Drogheda perspective here as well. That shop, my God, it's so good with children and yes. what they can get anything for you. Yes. And the people in it are lovely. They want to help you. Yes. You know, and it yeah. is so important. But look, what I'm getting to is that you had books, you know what I mean, in the yes. veins, really, yes. hadn't you? Yeah. You've well, always had. I have. I have. Uh, I mean, I love, I love book, se- book selling. When I was, when I was in Waterstones, I was actually the non-fiction buyer. Um, and the notion of being a writer never even occurred to me, but I loved hanging out with those aspiring writers that were working there at the time, such as John Boyne. Um, and, you know, I'd go down and I'd hang out with them and I'd be saying, give me a new writer. Give me, give me a new writer to read. You know, I'm in the humour for something. And then they'd hand me somebody like, I don't know, Richard Russo or, or um, Alice Munro or Carol Shields. And I'd be gone then. I'd be like, oh my God, give me more of that person. Give me more. I'd read everything they had ever written. So I just, I, it is in my veins. And now, now I get to not only read because I love reading, but I, I read to learn more. I like um, I'm reading the wonderful Kit Duval at the minute I've been reading that for I don't know how long Kit Kit, if she's listening will kill me for for taking so long to read her beautiful book but um, I uh, I just love to see well God how did Kit do that there oh look what she introduced there isn't that so clever so I get two two wonderful gifts for the price of one now out of a book it's just fantastic this book is brilliant Margaret Madden said it here on Late Lunch (laughs) before it was even published it's our book of the month on Late Lunch Book Club we highly recommend it to you when all is said it's number one Mm -hmm. in the best sellers in Ireland after just a week out there my God isn't this just a fabulous story I'm so enjoying myself she can't go anywhere. I'm going to take a short little break, but more from Anne Griffin in a couple of moments. When All Is Said, that's the name of the book, and we're not all said yet on Late Lunch because Anne Griffin is with me on the show today, the author of the number one best-selling book this week and for many weeks to come, I'm sure, in Ireland. Fingers crossed. Oh, absolutely. You don't have to. I know it's going to be. I have a copy of the book here today. Would you like a copy of Anne's book signed by the author as well? 
Here's the question. First, the numbers. 086-1800-658. You need that number always. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp is free. It's free. It's free. WhatsApp us. Or you can text in as well. Here's the question. Anne Griffin worked for a number of years for a very famous bookstore. They're a very famous chain in England and Ireland as well. We talked about it. We mentioned their name several times just a few moments ago. A bookshop. A famous bookshop chain. Anne worked for it. What's their name? 086-1800-658. And this book could be yours. You won't put it down. Do you know, I just read, uh, somebody said about the book. I just want to come back to the book for a second. And the main character, because Morris Hannigan. And we better t- talk a little bit about this. Um, somebody said about this book that I was talking to in the last week who read it and wouldn't put it down. They said it was like they were sitting in the bar beside Morris. Now, doesn't that say it all? Oh, my God. I couldn't get a better compliment mm. as a writer to hear people say that. It's it's just wonderful. Um, and that's what I wanted. I wanted to pe- people to feel that, that they were there with him and that they were getting to know him and that he was like an old friend, that they were listening to his story. Um, so it was very important to me to get that atmosphere right, to get that voice right. Mm. Um, and I have to say, I kind of, I, I fell in love with Morris myself writing him because he is, he is this, he is this man we all know. He's this deeply flawed man but a deeply lovable man, a very protective man of his family. Um, and he is, he's a silent man now. He's, he hasn't been great at being able to express his, his love for his family or, or his son. And so there's, there's regrets there about that. And I think people relate to that. Mm. Um, and I think that is why people have taken Tamara so much, because it shows us in our humanity you know, we can all relate to all the things we wish we had done. Yes, the regrets. And, you know, he he, he was a mean man. Like, he wasn't no. generous by any means in his <laughs> life. And he has regrets. And you're right. You touch on those because I go out for a pint and I see them there. And I suppose I think now after reading your book and understanding the character more, the solitude of mm. old age, even mm. though you can be in a bar in company, but there are so many who sit there by mm. themselves. Now, some of them are bloody nuisances, Anne, I have to say that. Well, and yes. You, <laughs> you wouldn't Perhaps. want them. Which, look, look, I have to put that little proviso in as well. But seriously, yeah. and, and that the other thing is, this man has money and made money mm. and been successful, mm. but it's no um, barrier to loneliness, is it, in old age? No, no, it's... Um and I suppose that was something that I was, it, I felt was very, very important to talk about. I suppose, you know, my own parents would be in their 80s and, and I hear them talk about, oh, you know, Mrs. Turner or whoever died today. And I just, I, I hear it in their voices, that falling away of people that they, they have loved and and I hear that vulnerability and I wanted to tap into that vulnerability because to to be old and is to be a wonderful thing. They give, you know, I have such, such respect for people in their 80s who have lived a life, in their 90s who have lived a life and given to the community so much. Such respect. And I really feel there needs to be more done around celebrating people like that um, and not allowing that loneliness there 
as much as I think people do experience. Um, and so it was very important that I, I, you know, I tap into that with Morris. Oh my God, did you tap into it? You <laughs> really did, completely. Coming back a little bit in the age sphere, you did celebrate a, a significant birthday recently and you have been writing about, you know, age and mm. n- not old age, middle age, you know, people yes. who attain 50 and into their mm. 50s and that. And you have a real view that people of that age with a lot of life experience and work experience behind them are really being cast aside. Yeah, it, it, you know, it just astounded me. Jerry. I was reading at Christmas, you know, uh, it was an article, can't remember what paper it was in, but it was like in the, the 50 people to watch out for. And I read through that article and not one person was over 50. If there was even one that was in their 40s. Um, I couldn't, I, I don't even know if they were there. And I'm just like, what is that about? There was a, uh, I was listening to the radio there yesterday and about DCU and the Department of Education there have done, uh, or Department of Higher Education in there have done a study about the workforce. Obviously, we have, uh, people are in work for longer um, and there's been huge legislative changes around pensions, etc. But one of the things DCU were saying is that the older workforce bring what they what they termed as a soft skill, that wisdom, that experience in life, that experience within the workplace that you don't get with younger workers. And so it is something to be valued. And I am so of the, the opinion that, you know, all of the life experience that we have had, all of the life experience that I have had working various jobs, managing various companies and, and working within the charity sector, has brought me to this place and adds a richness and a value to what I do now. And I think that has to be celebrated more in in society. Um, I am, and you know, I look at um, the Native American Indian culture where older people are considered to be the most important people in their community. And I really, really just don't understand it. I don't understand why we put such significance um, on 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds who are brilliant and should be, are to be celebrated in the same way as 80-year-olds, 70-year-olds, 50-year-olds are to be celebrated. We are each a really important member of this community, but it is the wisdom that older people have that I believe we should tap into more. We should listen to more. Um, I'd love to see a council of elders, perhaps within the community, um, for even politicians. You know, I just... I just think this is this will be an amazing idea. I know we have the Senate, the Senate is there for for to give that kind of counsel, but there is something about what why aren't we listening anymore? Mm. Why aren't we listening? I, I think you've a point there because when you look at some of the key political positions in this country in mm. government uh, mm. They're held by younger men, mainly, mm. and a couple of younger women as well. And they do lack experience. And I think it's starting to shine through mm. now in a lot of issues. But that's mm. a, a topic for another day. Mm. Here, come on, it's all about you today <laughs> and this wonderful book and Morris and the five people he raises a jar, a drink that's to right, in the bar yeah. and celebrates as well. So listen to this young woman. <laughs> Thank you. You've set the bar. <laughs> you have set the bar at mm. such a height. Your debut, number mm. one, all the kudos you're getting for mm. it. And now you've signed this deal. So what does this deal mean? It means I have to write another Yes, <laughs> you do. <laughs> yes, no pressure, Jerry. No pressure on me at all. Yeah. So, yes, there is a, there is another book in the offing um, and it's... Um, 
the draft is with my editor as we speak. So in the next uh, month or so, we'll be sitting down and having a look at it and hopefully be perfecting it within the next six months. What's your gut about it? Because obviously, like, the, you know, this one has just yeah. sailed away and you're going to look at the year you have ahead know, of you with this one. I know. What do you feel about the second? I think people are going to love Jeannie Longley. That's her name. <sighs> I love the name already. There you are. You've got a little teaser. That's the main character. (laughs) That's the main character. So it's the voice of a younger woman. Mm. Mm. So I've gone completely the other end. But it's the same kind of themes around family and what it is we do to protect family. Yes. Okay, I'll just mention it again. They're flying in on WhatsApp and text. They want this book. Yes, it's a signed copy by the author herself. When all is said is the name of the book. Get it. Read it. Enjoy it. Love it. (laughs) It really is that good. And uh, Book of the Month on Late Lunch Book Club and already in the ring for Book of the Year. <laughs> and Griffin, do you know something? The last while has just been a blast. Hello. I really enjoyed yes. it. And thank you for uh, doing us the honour of joining us on Late Lunch this oh, afternoon. Thank you, Jerry. It's I wish you well. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Now open in Dundalk beside the Dundalk Retail Park. The nearly new sale is now on at Blackstone Motors Dundalk. Thank you for all your uh, messages and answers for the book. Yes, what a wonderful lady she is, isn't she? Anne Griffin, when all is said is the name of the book, number one of the bestsellers with us just in the last while on late lunch. She worked in Waterstones. Waterstones was the answer we were looking for. And that goes to Neve Cashin from Garristown. Neve, that book is yours, signed by Anne. Enjoy it. I know you will and we'll be in touch. Well done to you. For the Brian Kennedy team, Tickets. What year was he born? 67 or 66? It was 66, actually, he was born. Uh, Brian Kennedy, he's coming to the Crescent on the 16th of February, the Crescent Theatre in Drogheda. And uh, the winner of those tickets today is Niall Clifford uh, from Riverside Crescent, Newry Road. Dundalk, well done to you. Uh, we'll be in touch, Niall. Enjoy, Brian, on that night in concert in Drogheda. Also, earlier on on the show, John Murphy was with us. And what a man he is, talking about his hearing difficulties. Difficulties. Uh, not enough awareness about hearing difficulties, Jerry says Maraid. I know it as my other half has a problem with his hearing. And uh, things like ringing places like house insurance, the doctor surgery being put on hold. You know, when you ring a place or all these, if he's inquiring about something, Maraid is saying you're putting hold and the music can be very loud and it causes her husband a lot of difficulties so just asking companies with that music could you lower it down a decibel or two thank you indeed for that message Mairead today back to the rugby uh, I mentioned yesterday that we got carried away and thought we were going to beat the world and Ireland or uh, England put us in our place Jerry, don't want to bore you with the details but on the rugby England won the World Cup Ireland never have in the head to heads against England England have won way many more times. The media were talking about green slams and favouritism for the World Cup. They poked fun at England and others. And, you know, they're talking through their hats, says a late lunch listener this afternoon. And he goes on to say, do you think the All Blacks give a ding-dong about being beaten in a friendly by Ireland last year? Put it in perspective. I think there's a lot of people wouldn't disagree with you there. We tend to get carried away, don't we? We lose the run of ourselves when it comes to... Uh, when it comes to a lot of things in this country. Anyway... The nurses are out. They're on the picket line. They're marching again today. It's lashing. It's wet in places. But they're out for the long haul, it appears. After the break, you know Tracy Hanby. 
she's very well known in County Meath and in County Louth uh, for many reasons. But she's a, a lady who joined me to tell me about her debt situation and how that's still a facet of her life. She's a DJ. She works in radio. But most of all, she's an oncology nurse at Beaumont Hospital and she cares for people. And she doesn't want to be out on the street. And I'm going to the picket line at Beaumont to talk to Tracy after the break. Yes, our nurses are on the march again today. I passed them once more this morning outside places where they should be in caring for people. But they're out and it looks like they're going to stay out until the government engage in meaningful talks with them about conditions and pay. One of the best known nurses in this neck of the woods is Tracy Hanby from County Meath. She's an oncology nurse at Beaumont Hospital in Dublin. We've spoken to Tracy in the past. You'll probably best remember her. She's one of the people who still snowed under with debt. She's battling the banks and she's been out on the streets campaigning on that issue in the past. Tracy Hanby, I just mentioned this. You're out on the pavement again, picketing on the second day of the National Nurses Dispute. And remind our listeners where you're nursing and what your job is. So I'm an oncology nurse up in the location of Beaumont Hospital. So that's what I do during the day. And then obviously I have other stuff at the weekends and that. So that's my other my other career as such. Lots of people here, lots of horns beating, lots of support, public dropping up, lots of food and drinks and things like that. So it's really heartwarming. But it's sad in another way that we have to do this. We don't want to do this. We just want to be able to provide safe care. And that's, what it, that's the bottom line on this, that we can't do that anymore. Yesterday the government are claiming they've offered you an olive branch. I heard St. Pascal in his pious way uh, on the radio yesterday evening saying that they're willing to talk, but not talk about pay. Is that the kernel of this, that you're not going to engage unless there are pay talks? Well, obviously, that's what the IMO um, have have actually made that stance, which is fantastic for us to know that the union is really taking a hard stance on this. Because at the end of the day, we're we've been promised a restoration in the future. This restoration has never ever materialised, and I think our colleagues in the guards have achieved it. You know, and and that's what it is. We're looking for our money back. We're not actually. We could be looking for a pay rise. We should be looking for a pay rise. But we're actually looking for our restoration as well as safe nursing care, which we're, in, we're totally unable to provide. And I suppose this is a public statement that, no, we've had enough. Like, I mean, this is a long time coming, this strike. I can promise you that. This is not an overnight decision. The restoration you mentioned there, and you're talking about from the time of the great crash and where everybody, including public servants and nurses, had to take a major hit. And my life certainly changed, as you very well know, Jerry. And that's around the time when everything changed for me from a personal level. And, I mean, as I said in previous interviews, we're very well qualified people as part of our ongoing nursing development. We have to constantly upskill and do courses. So we're highly qualified people but underpaid. And the bottom line of my annual take-home pay after 21 years as a paid nurse is 33 grand. And I've got a lot of qualifications at this stage of the game and I'd like to think I'm not, no one's an expert, but in some sense, I'm certainly not uh, an amateur nurse, you know. And like all it is, is a matter of trying to get our value here for not only our patients, we're patients, potential patients in the future. We rely on the public service ourselves. So we're actually fighting for our own health care. And we're hoping that everyone, all the public, please, 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 
really want to see you at the picket lines. Your support means so much to us. We're really enjoying engaging with people the way they're coming up, giving uh, lovely food and different bits. You don't even just come up and, and shout your support. But on Saturday is the public protest. We really, really, really need the numbers. It is all about numbers, I'm afraid. That's obviously how the government, you know, take take note of things. Um, and we really, really want your presence on the day. I know there's so much support. You can hear all the horns beating. Everyone is supporting us. But we really need your physical presence on Saturday to get this over the line. And that's the national protest in Dublin. What time is that happening at and where do you as gather? As far as I know, I've seen online, it, things are changing as they go, but half 12 at the Garden of Remembrance. But please do check out the INMO Facebook page for all the details. But we really, really, really do need a public presence. And all your family, all your children, every, it is a very family-friendly event. I hear what's happening there in the background and I've passed the picket lines again myself this morning and I think in my lifetime, Tracy, and I say this today, there it goes again, I've never seen such a groundswell of public opinion and support for a striking group in the public service as is happening now for the nurses. It's fantastic. We really do appreciate it. Sometimes we get caught up in the the interaction with our patients and we don't really realise until maybe a card comes in afterwards saying how much they appreciated your help. Sometimes I wonder, do we really grasp the effect that we can have? But it's moments like this that we're seeing it. We really are. People are just so kind what they're saying. And they really, really want the government to listen. And I think what happened yesterday was that they were willing to engage and discuss, but not about money. And I think from the INMO line, it, it involves all of that, because if you have... Your nursing staff paid the, the correct levels that they should be. There won't be a staff retention problem. How many have actually left the profession due to burnout? I'd love to know that figure because I know for a fact there's people who've changed careers and left the whole profession because they've just been burnt out under the circumstances that we found ourselves. And this is us just saying, you know what? Enough is enough. It's time to address the problem. Back to your work and what you do there. You're in oncology in Beaumont, but across the board in nursing, and I know this from personal experience, there is no nine to five, is there? There's no walking out off the job. There's no leaving. No. Do you know what I was thinking about is all the family events and, and special occasions that have been sacrificed over my 21 years because I was a nurse, always put nursing first. And my family have always reminded me of that fact, <laughs> rightly or wrongly. But that, you know, that is what we do. We make personal sacrifices for our patients. And that's, that's how important our patients are to us. So believe me, we're all mixed feelings and emotions, even leaving colleagues behind manning the different departments at a very skeleton level. But at the same time, kind of going, well, hold up, that is a normal working day too there is situations where it's very minimal staff so you know it's we're, we're finding mixed emotions about this but by golly we need to do this and you know our union has certainly stood up for us are the nurses in this for the long haul there's no turning back you're going to stay out until there is engagement and proper negotiations as long as the union says we're out so it's up to the union to be making the decisions with the government, but the government don't seem to be coming to the table. So I personally believe, and this is from my own personal opinion, I believe Saturday is probably the most important day of this. 
and that I'm afraid the responsibility does hand over somewhat to the public to join us on Saturday. I really, really think that's when things will change. I do honestly believe that and that's how important the public are a part of this and that's why I keep saying it, please, please come join your local picket line, you know, even if it's for five minutes. Well, they're certainly coming in the droves and they're around you there all day, I know, today uh, on your particular protest there. And it's the same, I know, right around the country as well. So the message today is, regardless of the weather, regardless of the time it takes and the pain involved, you mentioned it there, of leaving colleagues behind and patients, this has to be done. This has to be done. And the chance that's been said is, what do we want? More staff. When do we want it now? Because we need staff to provide excellent care. We need staff to help our patients to the best. And we deserve that because we're going to be the future patients. We're all affected by this and we need, we need safe care. I noticed the Taoiseach didn't really address this when he was talking about several issues the other day and I know Brexit is sort of a priority at the moment and Pascal Donoghue was wheeled out yesterday to give the official party line as well. Do you feel that, you know, there's a bit of an arrogance about these people and the government? So I went onto Twitter and I had a look at our Taoiseach's Twitter feed because I know he's very active and, you know, videos go up and all that. So I decided, right, I'm going to scroll through and see exactly what have been acknowledged about this. Nothing. Which is shocking because that is the leader of the country. So, I mean, it's not even been acknowledged that this is even happening. Now, that tells me everything I need to know. So, you know, again, I, I keep saying it. We need the public to come on board with us on this on Saturday. That's what's necessary to get the government to even talk properly to us. Anyway, I hope the listening to uh, the support, which is quite audible in the background there today, for yourselves. And as I say again, it's the same all over the country. Tracy, we wish you well. You're a great one and all your colleagues. And keep at it. Don't back down. We certainly won't, Jerry. Yes, Tracy Hanby Gray there on the picket line outside Beaumont. Jerry, this nurse's strike is not on. It's having a big effect on patients who are suffering big time, says Mary and Trim. That's a fact, Mary, and more patients will suffer and there will be more hardship. But it's time for the government to sit down in a pragmatic way and talk to nurses and talk to them about pay. This will be over. The strike will come to an end, but they must come to the table. This government are starting to remind me of the Fianna Fáil government. At the end of its days. Do you remember the arrogance of Fianna Fáil? And they thought they were just above everything and everyone and could do what they want. And look what the electorate did to them. Pulverised them. And they've been out of government ever since. That's where Leo and Mr Donoghue and all his colleagues are heading. And what's needed on Saturday is a massive turnout in support of the nurses to show this arrogant government that arrogance is not on and they must listen to the people or if not when that election comes sooner or later you'll join your Fianna Fáil buddies and be dealt with in the same way for the nurses of Ireland we'll leave you with this one Take 
my rights away The faster I will run You can deny me You can decide To turn your face away No matter cause there's Something inside so strong Doing me wrong, so wrong. You thought that my pride was gone. Oh no, there's something inside so strong. Oh, something inside so strong. The more you refuse to hear my voice. Blackstone Motors, now open in Dundalk, beside the Dundalk Retail Park. The nearly new sale is now on at Blackstone Motors, Dundalk. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.